I, I just wanted to share from uh, Psalm 23 tonight, I just words from Psalm 23, and we probably know it, but they just so encourage me when I read them. Um, I, I love reading the Psalms of David because he's very real, he's very down to earth, and he feels just like I feel at times, and, and maybe how you feel at times, and he expresses himself with, you know, such emotion, and he's so real, and I think it's good to be like that. I think it's good to have times like that, and I, I think I find it refreshing. Does anybody else? If you're reading the Psalms and you read what David goes through and how he feels and how he opens up his heart and tells you about what he's experienced and then how he's discovered God, I, I find it, you know, just so encouraging and so refreshing. So I just thought I'd share Psalm 23, some thoughts from this and how God speaks to us in life and things that we go through and we might not choose to go through, but we go through and God can speak to us in ways that um, we probably wouldn't have taken ourselves or been led ourselves, but for some reason God leads us through things and uh, we come through the other side and discover something of God that is just amazing. Amen? So let's read Psalm 23. Um, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Does anybody like going, just sitting by a lake that's just still? You know, mountains in the background and just bit of snow on the top of them. I just love those places. He leads me beside, beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You almost feel David's reading this as a declaration. Of, I will know God's love. I will know God's goodness. It will overflow in my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord every Sunday and every week and for the next five, ten, fifteen. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, a, you know, sometimes we have to get the bit between our teeth. We have to decide and make a decision. Actually, this is what I want for my life. This is what I'm believing for. You know, and, but David goes through a whole experience of many different, you know, circumstances and situations that I know I wouldn't choose. I'm sure you wouldn't choose. You know, he's got great promise over his life of being a king, yet, you know, he's ousted out by the, the king that's in place and, you know, throws spears at him and just mistreats him in an horrific way. And he ends up being like a fugitive. He, he's on the run. He's wandering, lost, and he's, you know, unsure what's going on. And he writes this psalm as an illustration like a shepherd watching over the sheep. And um, in, in that, you know... That, that illustration, he sees it as God watching over him as he has watched over his sheep. And sheep wander off, don't we? We've all wandered. Was it just me? And we'll all wander. Sometime this week, we'll wander. Our thoughts will wander off the thoughts of God and we'll end up thinking of things that we shouldn't think of. We wander because that's how we are. We're sheep and we need a shepherd, Okay. And we're all like fugitives. We've all done something wrong. We've all been on the run. We've all sinned and we'll sin again. Tomorrow you'll have bad thoughts. You'll say something you'll regret. You know, I've said something this afternoon to Sarah and the girls. Frustrated, I said something and I say, I'm sorry. We all do things, do we not? We'll all make mistakes tomorrow. 
you know, we'll all get lost tomorrow in, in something and then we'll have to be pulled back in. And that's the goodness of God, isn't it? And David is a wanderer, he's a fugitive, he, he gets lost, he gets confused, he gets hurt, you know, but all in all of that, he discovers the goodness of God. And I want to encourage you, no matter what you go through, God can speak to you in any situation, through any circumstance, and if you keep believing and trusting in God, you'll come through the other side and discover God in a way you've never known him before. Because that's what happens with David. That's why he can stay at the end and he can write psalms about the goodness of God and, you know, how, it, how good it is to delight in God because he's discovered something deeper in God that he wouldn't have discovered if he hadn't have been through these things. So I want to just mention three things from this that I believe unlocks something deeper for David. And it can unlock for us as well, personally, but also for other people that we're praying for. So this is for us personally, and we can witness to this, and we can share it, but actually we can help others who are lost and wandering, and we can help others who are living in their guilt and shame of their sin. So the first thing I believe God uses to unlock our hearts is the love of God. It's the most powerful thing. Jesus is the name above all names. You know, there's power in the cross. I think I preached a few weeks ago, we should not be ashamed of the gospel. You know, it's the power of God unto salvation. The love of God is the most powerful thing. You know, there's faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. And when we receive, when we hear the love of God, we hear the word of God, we hear the message that Paul tenaciously keeps preaching in the, in the New Testament, you know, he's, he's fixated, he's obsessed almost with the preaching of the message, the word that he's been given. And no matter what he's going through, he knows this love is the greatest thing that he's discovered. It's taken Paul so deep. It's, it's washed him of his sins. It, it, you know, he, he was lost, even though he didn't think he was lost. Now he's found, and he's got a purpose, and he wants to share this love that's been given to him. And it's the love of God that unlocks our hearts. Whatever issue we're going through, whatever, you know, situation, it's the love of God that can be our firm foundation. The love of God that can be something that we can hold on to and trust in. It's the goodness of God and the mercy of God that's available to each and every one of us. And David discovered a love that unlocked him from being wandering. <laughs> he was found, good job, he got a good shepherd. He'd kept an eye on him even though he was lost. And he'd, he's discovered the goodness of God and the love of God. And that's why you can say... You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me. Why? Because he's discovered a love so deep so, and so rich and so steadfast that it does not move. And he's had to go through many experiences in life to actually discover that at a deeper level. Surely goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life. How can David say that? Because he understands the power of God's love. And the Bible says that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate you from God's love. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter what you do tomorrow, no matter what you do this next year, nothing can separate you from the love of God. And that unlocks our hearts. It, it, it removes our guilt and our shame because we just don't deserve it. 
And we've all discovered that, and we can continue discovering that, and we can discover even more of it in the future as we journey through life. Love should always be our motivation on this journey. You know, there's two things that are evident in this psalm. The first one is guidance. They got, David has been guided. You lead me. You lead me. You make me. You guide me. He's talking about being guided by God's truth and God's word. For me and you, we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our guide on a daily basis to lead us in love, okay? And to lead us in truth. And to lead us in the last thing I want to say on that is the grace of God. So there's guidance in this. And then there's something that David discovers is grace. And it's the grace of God that actually David has changed his life. That he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't earn it. It's the gift of God that even though he sits before his enemies, wow, I've been blessed with my enemies. Even my enemies are now my friends. How does that work? Can you imagine them people who are your enemies, right? You know they are. Don't say anybody in your family. You know, those people that are your enemies, right, are now sitting with you at the table and eating with you and having joy and having laughter with you. Why? Because David's discovered a joy and a forgiveness and a grace that has changed his life and actually changing his enemies and turning his enemies for him. You prepare food before me in the presence of my enemies. Love is the greatest, okay? It's God's love that's poured out for us. And love should be our guide. And everything we do, our motivation should always be to love because love is the greatest. Amen? So love can unlock hearts. It can soften the hardest of hearts. Okay, if we're praying for people, let's believe that their hearts, if if they're hard, that they'll be softened. Okay, that their hearts will be softened through the love of God, the kindness of God that we share with people. The second, so love unlocks hearts. If you've got issues in your own life, you, you know, freedom in areas of your soul or things that you need to, it's the love of God that will bring refreshing to you. It's the love of God that will set you free. The second thing that David goes, are you still with me? Is this okay? The second thing that David goes through, which I don't think we're very good at, it says he leads him to still waters. Or he leads him, it says, some scriptures say it leads him to, you know, still places or quiet places. What does this, what does this version say? It leads us besides quiet waters. I don't know about you, but life's busy and there's lots of noises going on. Especially in my head and in my emotions. Is anybody else? Lots of noises going on. Lots of things I've got to listen to. But it says of David, sorry, someone's just ringing me popular tonight. It's not Sarah telling me to put the bins out either. It's a pastor actually from, um, from Sheffield. Um, you know, see what I said, lots of noises going on. I mean, my phone's even ringing. I'm trying to preach and my phone's ringing. This is the first time I've preached from my phone. I won't be doing this again. <laughs> it's too noisy, right? It, it, there's a quietness that we have to find because life is busy. Life is hectic and there's lots of noises, lots of messages, lots of thoughts, lots of emotions. And I believe God wants to take us through a place of silence so that we can discover the voice that we need to hear in and through that silence. You know, even Jesus Christ on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
where are you? As though he's lost God. You know, he's not lost God. God's there. But his emotions and his feelings at that time, he didn't probably sense where God was because he had all these other emotions going on which were painful. And for each of us, we need to, when there's lots of sounds and lots of noises, we need to be able to stop, to pause and think. Because life's busy. We need to reflect on actually what's just gone on and is that affecting me? Is it my past that's affecting me emotionally? Or actually, should I be basing my life on the love of God, the acceptance of God, or am I trying to please everybody else? There's too much noise going on sometimes. Is this just me? Or I don't think we like to be silent sometimes because we're afraid, we're afraid of what we'll hear. We're afraid of our own pain. We're, we're afraid of listening to disappointment in our own lives and we can't face it. Well, I'm here to tell you that is not from God. It's just our past, it's our experiences, our lives affected our souls. And I've written down here, don't be afraid of silence. Do not be afraid of silence and being still. We can find refreshing through discovering that being still and knowing God. Because if we can't be still, then we've got to ask a question, why can't we be still? If I can't sit and be still, I haven't got peace, then I want to know why I haven't got peace, God. I want to know you in the stillness. And sometimes God takes us through seasons in our lives where we feel like we're not hearing from God. And actually, God is there and he hasn't changed. And he's trying to teach us something through that silence. Trying to teach us that actually, are you going to base your life on what I say about you? Or are you going to base your life on how you're feeling? I promised never to leave you nor forsake you. Do you believe that? Do you believe my Holy Spirit is in you and will never leave you? And sometimes we have to go through a season where we're thinking, where is God? Why is this happening? God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And he's trying to teach us that his love is steadfast. So hold on to him and hold on to his love. And it's his love that will carry you through. So silence, we don't always like it, but don't be afraid of it. Is this okay? You still with me? You know, I've written down here, God doesn't always remove the doubts. We still have doubts. I have doubts. We have doubts. Sarah has doubts. We still have doubts that come into our minds about things. It doesn't remove or it doesn't, you know, insulate us from any doubts. The doubts don't get in. No, no, we have doubts. We have pain. We have difficulties. But meditating on, you know, God's word is important. You have feelings of darkness, feelings of being dry, feelings of isolation, feelings of being abandoned. All of those feelings can be there. But actually what we can discover through those is we can discover how important they are for us to discover God. Are you with me? We can discover who we are as an individual through all of that silence by trying to silence those noises and actually allowing the word of God to silence them and be still on his promises. We don't like talking about silence. We're quite loud in here, aren't we? We like that it makes a noise. But I think it's good to be still sometimes. You know, silence isn't about you stopping everything and being still and having nothing going on. Silence is sometimes about when the storm's going on, you're in the eye of the storm and still being still. Does that make sense? It's you being able to hear everything that's going on, but actually you've got a stillness within you because there's something steadfast within you. Okay? And that's when we discover the grace of God. It's not by my strength or by might, but it's by the Spirit. It's by God's, God's Spirit leading you in, in, in the love of God that we've received, guiding you through and into still waters. 
Are you still my friend? Are you still with me? Is this making sense? Am I making all this up? Please look at me and nod if this is helpful. Yeah? Okay. So it leads us beside still waters. We have to go on a journey of discovering stillness, right? And refreshing by God's spirit and discovering Jesus and falling in love with him in a new way through the silence. So we can silence, who is it that says it? The chatterbox. Who is it? Stephen Furtick, the chatterbox, yeah? You can silence the noises that are coming into your head. So God can use love to unlock our hearts. He can also use silence to unlock our hearts and, and, and refresh and restore our souls through that process. And then the last one, you're not going to like this one. You're not going to want this one because we don't choose this one. I should have done love last. That's what Sarah will tell me. Right? The, the last one, which we don't like, we wouldn't pick, is suffering. We wouldn't choose this one. But you know, God chose this one as a way of redeeming us. You know, we can say, well, Jesus suffered for us, so we don't have to suffer. We still suffer. We still have pain. We, we still have heartache. We still see people go when we don't want them to go too early in life. And it hurts because we love them. Love hurts because it, it, it's being human. But I've written this down about suffering. I've written this. Don't be afraid of the dark. You know, David faced many difficulties. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even though I go through darkness, even though I go through pain, even though I go through suffering, even though I go through my deepest and darkest thoughts that I really don't like, David says, even though, he says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And I believe going through suffering sometimes, it unlocks something deeper in us that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't been through it. We've all been through something, haven't we? I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the death of my father. Would I pick it? No. Would, would I choose it? Absolutely not. I'd still want him here, and at times I felt like I was robbed. But what I do know is when I came to God, God somehow uses it all for good because that's who he is. And he redeems us, and, and he does something at a deeper level through that suffering. And, and sometimes I want to encourage you in this because that we see people that are in suffering and we think, how the heck and how do we help? And da, da, da. I want to encourage you to have your faith and have your hope and believe for the love of God for people who are going through things. Because there's nothing more powerful than love of God. We've all experienced it some level, at some depth, and it's the best thing on the planet. And there's people out there who are in silence, who are lost. They're wandering and they need, they, they need to know the love of God. There's people out there who feel loveless and, again, need the love of God. And it's no good as keeping silence anymore. We have to tell them about it. God hasn't kept silence. He's put it on a platform. It's called the cross. And it's not our job to be silent anymore. It's our job to voice it at the right time and tell somebody about the hope that we have. And then there's people suffering. There's people suffering. You know, every, probably people in this room are suffering from something. We're all broken. We've all been hurt by something. And we wouldn't put ourselves through it, but going through it, you and I know, actually equips us to help others who are going through it. I wouldn't put myself through it. I wouldn't choose to put myself through things. But for some reason, we go through things. We go through valleys. They feel like shadows of death. They feel like the darkest times. But you know what? When we go through it, it equips us when we come through the other side to help others get out of their darkness. It gives us hope. 
you know, it, 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 it gives people in this world hope that actually you're going through it, but I know you can get through it. Even though he says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it's a declaration now. I'm not going to fear this evil. And that's why I wrote down, I've put, don't be afraid of the dark. Don't be afraid of facing your fears again if you've had disappointments. Don't be robbed of the future that you can have even though you've suffered in the past. Because God is good. And as David writes, surely I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Otherwise, why bother living if I'm not going to go for the goodness of God again? Let's believe for the goodness of God again in people's lives. Amen? Not just when we get to heaven, but here on earth. We want to see heaven on earth in people's lives. It's no good when we get up there. It's too late. Suffering, I put, don't be afraid of the dark. What we learn through suffering is who we are, and more importantly, who God is. We don't choose it. We wouldn't want others to go through it. But we discover something deeper, I believe, like David discovered. And it's the grace of God that got him through it. It's the grace of God that he didn't deserve. He was a wanderer. He was off. He was a fugitive. He was guilty. He was shameful. He had all of this sin. But he discovered a love and a refreshing and a strength that he did not deserve. And it's God's grace for all of us. How do we get through it? It's the grace of God. We don't earn it. We don't achieve it. It's God's grace. It's God's Holy Spirit that leads us and equips us and strengthens us in the silence, in the suffering, in the love. He continues to lead us through it all as he molds you and shapes you and makes things like his son, Jesus Christ. That's the plan. That's his objective, to turn us into sons and daughters of God. Through all this, we find the guidance, we, dis we discover the grace, and we discover the goodness of God. We wouldn't necessarily choose these ways, but God knows how to unlock our hearts. He knows because he's after us. He's seeking you more than you seek him. He's more passionate about you than you will ever know. He died on a cross. He shed his blood because he's passionate about you. He's passionate about getting intimate with you. He's passionate about knowing you. He's passionate about helping you. He's passionate about telling you how good you are. He's passionate in telling you believe in yourself. He's passionate in telling you pick yourself up when you're down. He's just passionate about you. How do we know? Because we discover it on the cross where Jesus said, I'm coming after you. I'm not silent anymore. My love is going to be demonstrated, and I'm going to show it through the suffering that I take on the cross. In his darkest moments, in his deepest valley, he discovered his greatest treasure, which was me and you, as he came and lifted us out of the pit, the miry pit, as David said. It's your hope. It's your future with God. Are you still with me? I'm going to finish with this. He is our good shepherd. Amen? He's our good shepherd, and nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. Let us not keep silence about his goodness. He's the one. He's the one who leaves the 99 and goes after the one. You were the one who he came after. 
And I believe he stirs our hearts with his love. He helps us to understand what life's like and the people are suffering and people going through difficulties. They're lost. So that we'll have the compassion to go after them ourselves. We may fear what people think and their reactions. But I want to tell you that God's love is greater than those fears. As David says, do not fear evil. I will not fear evil for you are with me. The goodness of God, David discovered it. And we can all discover the goodness of God through the love of God, through, you know, discovering uh, in the silence of God and hearing from him. And as we go through suffering, as we cling to him, and we come through the other side, we discover a grace and a love that we've never known before. And I just want to ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's here. He's with us. He resides in you. If you're a believer, he's in your heart. He timed that well, didn't he? I'm impressed with that. He is in you. And he knows what you need in the season that you're in right now. And he knows what other people need who are in your world right now. And he's the one who, I believe, helped David and guided him through all of his difficulties. So I want us to take a moment and just think and reflect and just be still. You know, sometimes we don't like to be still. But just have a moment of stillness. In everything that's going on, you know, what noises have I got going on, Lord? You know, and ask, ask the Holy Spirit to show you what noises, noises that are going on in your soul. They're actually ruling your life rather than you just coming to the cross and surrendering them to God. Trusting God with your deeper fears and your insecurities and your inadequacies and just saying, you know what, God? I come as I am and I trust you. You came as you are and you gave your life. So let's just take a minute. Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak to us. We ask your grace in the season that we're in. Lord, your grace is sufficient. But Lord, it comes with a power power of God to redeem and Father I pray that by your grace your spirit may you empower each individual in the season that they're in bring refreshing to their soul let's just take a minute you know just talk to the Holy Spirit where you're at we just speak your stillness your peace into hearts your peace into souls bring right thinking into the minds renew minds Lord we pray from hurt or abuse bring I speak renewal into people's minds right thinking forward thinking positive thinking 
know, this, this kind of question came to me as I prepared this. You know, sometimes we're willing to listen and have a moment of silence, but are we actually willing to respond to what we hear? Are we willing to actually correct some thinking and change our attitude? You know, God doesn't condemn us for our attitudes, but, you know, sometimes we don't do ourselves any favors and well, we try and do it in our own strength and earn God's love and it just wears us out. You know, today you can just let go and say, I'm, I'm tired of doing it this way. I want to listen to you now. I want to discover you at a deeper level. As I reflect on you, Lord, on your promises, I, I keep hearing them, but I just keep going round. And I've had enough of going round. I want to go forward with my life. As David said, surely goodness goodness and love and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So Father, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we give you the glory, we give you the we praise you for what you did and we're thankful in our hearts for your love and your passion, your zeal that didn't stop through your suffering. And God, may we take heart in that that you know, that's the love that you have for each one of us and you didn't give up. And God, help us to have that same heart for the lost that says, I'm not going to give up on these people. One day I'll sit with my enemies and we'll have food together and we'll laugh together. And, you know, as, as that forgiveness comes and that mercy comes, we'll just be astounded by the goodness of God and the grace of God so Father we ask by your spirit, Holy Spirit come refresh us renew us remind us of your promises again so we can stand up and be strengthened in them and believe for people to be saved believe for the lost to be found, believe for the one who's wandering and living in guilt to be washed so Father we thank you for Jesus stir a fresh passion in us I pray cause us to go from this place in Jesus name Amen